you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome in to the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Thanks so much for joining us here on a Sunday evening as we get ready to talk a little bit about the LSU Tigers and the win against Florida. How impressive truly was this game? Now, look, there's a lot of things that you need to do, but first off, you need to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching on Facebook, we appreciate you over there as well. A lot of different things that you can do to help be a part of the show as we do this each and every single Sunday kind of a rewind action we have our instant reaction podcast that we usually do from the field live uh that's a lot of fun check it out on the youtube channel or head over to go 24 7 for more information on that but this is more of a chance for us to kind of dive into what the game was what this game is what what it means going forward uh, for this group. And and I think that when you look at this game and you start to kind of gain some uh, some traction, you're going to see what I hope I, you think I see. And maybe not. If you don't, let us know down in the comments below. We're going to talk and we're going to see here what this team can accomplish going forward. Obviously, a lot of big news in the SEC. You know, Jimbo Fisherless team that LSU is going to face in two weeks against Texas A&M. But what, what did we learn from from the Florida game. And so let's get right to it. The first thing we're going to start with, Jaden Daniels 
is LSU's offense. Uh, this is a guy that, if we're just going to be honest with ourselves, a lot of people within the fan base uh, were questioning whether Daniels should be the starting quarterback coming into the season. Uh, a lot of folks were just a little unsure of where that could should kind of sit. Uh, when you talk about the grand scheme of this offense, would Daniels be able to take the top off of an offense? Would Daniels be able to make the transition uh, into that electrifying player? Uh, and, and, you know, like we've talked about it uh, multiple times on this podcast, on the show, this is a team that I think has been at the benefit and at the mercy of the hands of Jaden Daniels at times this season. It's been really, really cool to see the growth, the transition that Daniels has taken from year one in Baton Rouge to year two. Uh, this is a guy that I'm just going to be completely 110% honest with you, deserves to be in New York. There's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts about it. This is a guy that deserves, uh, Jane Daniel, or deserves to be in New York. Jane Daniels, let's just kind of go over this, the first FBS player in history to throw for at least 350 yards and run for 200 yards in one football game. He had stats good enough for about two weeks worth of football games that he combined into 60 minutes of action against an SEC opponent. Daniels finished the stat line 17 of 26, 372 through the air, three touchdowns. He then also ran for two touchdowns, 12 carries for 234 yards. Uh, you know, I've often sat in the case of when this offense is playing its best, it's when the run game, you don't see Jane Daniels leading the rushing category. I still think a more balanced attack is what you would want to see, but when Daniels is putting out what is probably just ridiculous video game numbers in the sense of you have a guy that is running for 12 for 234, uh, listen, folks, it's it's not normal what, what Jane Daniels is doing. And we're witnessing a quarterback here that is not just talented in the realm of what we've seen in 2023. This might go down as one of the best single-season performances from a dual-threat quarterback in the history of this sport. Uh, what he's been able to do, it has been absolutely phenomenal to watch this young man's growth. So absolutely love what Jane Daniels has done in that respect. When you take a look at the rest of this offense, Obviously, what has helped elevate Daniels and what helped in this game was Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors. Uh, both guys had six catches. Brian Thomas went for 150 and two scores. Malik Neighbors went for 132, no scores. But it's really the yards after catch that, that I'm impressed with. Yes, can Jaden Daniels you know, throw a ball 30, 40, 50 yards down the field and hit Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors on that fade route? Yes, he's shown that ability. But But I think what separates him in this sense is delivering the ball, playing that point guard role, and then we're seeing Brian Thomas Jr. and more so Malik Neighbors in the sense, showing off NFL stock, showing off why these guys, especially Malik Neighbors, has to be in the Bolitnikoff conversation. Showing off all Brian Thomas Jr. at the beginning of the year probably wasn't high on a ton of draft boards and has, throughout the course of this season, moved himself up into a situation where there's going to be some real conversation about him being a pivotal piece taken uh, in, uh, in offense when you look at the scheme of what an NFL team wants to do. Hey, we might want to take Brian Thomas Jr. with a day two pick. And and he's proven that in, in the right system, uh, with the right coaching, with the right quarterback, he could be a nice secondary option. He's played like a wide receiver one at times too. So, you know, what's the ceiling for him? It could be a guy that exceeds even more once he gets to the NFL level. 
But Thomas Jr. and Middle League Neighbors have done a fantastic job, I think, of just being able to play off of what Jaden Daniels does so well. And, and I think it's what makes this offense so special. I mean, look, LSU's offense finished for 701 total yards, 372 through the air, 329 on the ground. Uh, you talk about more of the ground game. Josh Williams, Noah Kane, uh, Williams, 11 carries for 30 yards, 5 for 25 for Noah Kane. I think altogether, when you look at what this group has done, um, Caleb Jackson, four carries for 19 yards, had the costly fumble for the muffed kick on that led to Florida getting some momentum in that football game. But when you look at what this offense has done, this is a championship-level offense. And I've said this on the show, that we can we can ho-hum around the fact that, you know, if this, if that, you know, but this, but that, it is what it is. Team's not going to the playoffs. They're not going to be able to go to Atlanta. But this is a championship-level offense, and it's really, really special. thought what Brian Kelly said, too, about this group, too, is all the other factors. Yes, Jane Daniels is what is making this offense go. I think there's a real argument that if Daniels is not on this roster, this team might be a 7-5 and five or 6-6 six and six team. That, that, that could be definitely the case. But the roles that Josh William and Noah Kane played last night should not go unnoticed. And Brian Kelly opened that in his press conference with essentially saying these guys have made strides in not only the maturity that they show, but it's helped out the younger players on the roster. Uh, Josh Williams celebrated a block that allowed Malik Neighbors to score or Brian Thomas to score that we haven't seen. And, you know, we haven't seen a guy celebrate a block like Josh Williams did the selflessness and the willingness of this group to go and make plays that maybe aren't the big headline plays. They're not going to necessarily show up in the box score or on the newspaper the next day, but what they're able to do to turn around and make this group uh, just cohesive and, and show that showcase an offense that when everything is clicking right in their own roles, it's very, very hard to stop. So, Yes, is Jane Daniels really the the figurehead, the person that spearheads this offense? Hands down. Quarterback position demands that. Jane Daniels has delivered. But there's a lot of other places where if you don't have this, they don't have the success. Josh Williams, Noah Kane definitely get that. Uh, John Embry Jr. obviously suffered, uh, you know, just a nasty, nasty lower body injury uh, in this football game. Brian Kelly did deem it as pretty significant on the forefront, they're obviously going to have to go through testing and figure out what's going on with that. But I think it's when you look at what Daniels is doing offensively, it helps when you have a guy that runs for 234. Uh, it helps when you have the guy, same guy also throws for 372. And look, they're going to get more guys involved. Mason Taylor hasn't been a massive part of this offense due to some nursing, some injuries. Uh, Chris Hilton had two catches for 21 yards. Kyron Lacey did not get a catch, but he had several key blocks down the field. So did Malik Neighbors. So did Brian Thomas Jr. So altogether, I really, really like where this offense is continuing to go. Um, you know, in this scope of this football game, is Florida an elite defensive football team? No, but it's an SEC team. And you have to understand when you're playing an SEC team, uh, especially in a rivalry game. Emotions were high. Uh, you, if you folks were in the stadium or if you watched on TV, you could tell tempers were flaring on both sides of the football. The composure that Jay Daniels has, I think, has not only just helped him in those moments, but it's also trickled down to the offensive line, to the running backs, to the receivers, and this entire team of that's how our leader's going to handle the situation. That's how we should follow.
And so credit to Jane Daniels and the staff for being able to kind of be that leader. Daniels not a big vocal leader, but it's, I think, the leading by example that we've seen out of him. Uh, you saw that kind of matriculate and that really showcase when things got testy in the football game, when things started to kind of take a turn that might have looked like for not the worst, but, uh, you know, things got a little iffy there. Florida was still in the football game. So does Florida have an elite defense? No. But what it's showcasing is not many teams are able to stop what LSU wants to do. Now, it does beg the question, as we get to a couple comments here, MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Is the defense going to get better? I uh, got this question in my Twitter DMs. You can follow me at, at Bryce underscore Coon. Got this question on our forums as well. Over at Go 24-7, make sure you subscribe. Join the conversation over there. The defense, first off, it is what it is. Like defensively, Brian Kelly, and, and I think this, I, I would say this, when Brian Kelly spoke after the Ole Miss loss and told the media, no one else is walking through that door. I believe, and this is just personal opinion, at the time it was a message that a lot of people felt was to the rest of the roster. Hey, no one else is walking that door, so who's going to step up? My takeaway now, five, six, seven weeks later, is kind of to the fans, kind of to the media and maybe in an indirect way, no one else is coming through that door. We've got to go out and recruit better. We've got to go out and do certain things. We've got to elevate the talent level on this roster in some form or fashion because nobody else is walking through that door. Uh, whether it's a mix of the inability or the unavailability of Deuce Chestnut and Denver Harris, whether it's a mix of just young guys that haven't played a lot of football. I mean, shout out to JV and Tofiano. He's looked good. He has uh, you know, looked like a true freshman would look in the situation that he's in against top-tier talent. It. I don't think you can pin it on those young guys. The frustration, the disappointment is that when you went into the portal last year, you missed significantly on every single player that you wanted to bring in on the defensive side of the football, maybe outside of an Andre Sam. Maybe outside of an Andre Sam. And I, and I, I think I feel comfortable saying that 
The defensive line, sure. Yeah, we're good with that. But in the secondary, outside of Andre Sam, you missed. Um, you know, Zy Alexander, I think he's playing about average, uh, goes down with injury. Not his fault. We're going to give that a pass. J.K. Johnson didn't suit up this season. Give that a pass. But the other two, and we know who that is, you miss significantly, whether it's character concerns, whether it's the ability to stay on the field athletically, physically, or mentally, or character, they missed significantly bad evaluations on that, and it has cost you. That's a very true statement. Now, the question remains, is this defense going to get better? I don't think there's anything that's going to make this defense be play better over the next two course of the next course of the next two football games. You gave up 35 points to a Florida team that is not explosive, but Graham Mertz isn't a bad quarterback by any means. This guy went 26 38, 311 yards, a touchdown, you know, 68% completion percentage. Mertz isn't explosive, he's efficient, and that's what Florida has been. Uh, Trevor Etienne, 18 carries, 99 yards, three touchdowns. It shouldn't surprise anybody when you have a combination of a physical run game. It's a Florida run game that had 42 carries for 177 yards, um, albeit it was over 185 after you kind of accounted for some sacks and whatnot. They average around 4.2 yards a carry. That's pretty good for what this defense has been giving up this season. So is it good in the grand scheme of what LSU fans want this defense to be? No, and that's that's – that's that's fine. Like, that's to me, it's that's okay. We we sit there, we understand that, we take it with a grain of salt. But you had a Graham Mertz who's an efficient quarterback in this football game. You had a running game that is at least respectable in the SEC and what they want to do, and you had two receivers that came in. I think two of the more talented receivers in the SEC East, at least, and Ricky Pearsall, who had seven catches for over 100 yards. Uh, Eugene Wilson the third, Trey Wilson, a dynamic freshman player for the Gators, six catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. And then Montrell Johnson got involved, the running back who had a nice game, uh, had over 130 yards, all-purpose yards in this football game, 16 carries, 70 yards, and then he also had six catches for 65 yards. He was targeted 10 times in this football game. But what did LSU's defense do that stood out to me and maybe stood out to you? Now, in the grand scheme of things, if we are going to be 110% honest with everything, the drive at the end of the football game may not matter to a lot of people. And I asked Kelly this question in the postgame presser because I think it does. When you look at elite, it may not matter to the, the general fan, to the casual fan, and that's fine. But I think it does matter when you look at the grand scheme of where this defense needs to go and the journey and the journey to becoming elite that Brian Kelly really has harped on ever since losing last weekend in Tuscaloosa. And it's the fact that you have to have some type of moments, some growth moments to go off of, some mile markers that might tell you, hey, the future's kind of bright. One of those for me lost in a performance where you gave up 35 points, you gave up 488 yards of total off of offense to a team that really isn't a, a great football team. And you might say, Bryce, you're looking at it half full here. Well, I, I don't know. But a 13-play, 70-yard drive that resulted in Billy Napier calling multiple timeouts, trying to get a score at the end of the football game, and your defense on fourth, on first and goal from the five – holds strong and forces a four downs and out and a turnover on downs. That is a mile marker that you can take and you can look at and say, okay, going forward, there's something you can draw on because you have to understand the game is well in hand by this point. Uh, not much is riding 
uh, unless you're, you know, in the gambling world on this right here. So for those players, it would have been easy to say, hey, let's just get off the field. Let's get in the locker room. Let's get some food. Like, let's let's call it a day. And when we talk about the building of the the program, the building of a foundation that is, like Kelly said, after Alabama, still not a finished product. They aren't. This is one of those mile markers where you can say as a defense, okay, we stood tall when to the casual eye it might not matter, but we overcame. We had the mental fortitude, the mental maturity to overcome where Florida might have thought we could have just walked down the field, scored, it wouldn't have mattered, they would have let us. LSU held. You look at the great teams in college football, specifically in the SEC. In Tuscaloosa, they're trying to do the same thing. They did it against LSU late in that football game. In Athens, it's the same type of premise that people take and that staff takes. This is a building block. This is a mile marker that when you look maybe a year or two down the road and maybe JV and Tobiano is a sophomore or junior playing, maybe uh, you know these some of these players are in their second, third year, they recall and they don't have to generate, which I think is happening now, mental maturity, mental fortitude, because it was established in what many folks deem is garbage time. It might be garbage time to you. It might be garbage time to me. It's not garbage time to this staff as they continue to evaluate the future of this defense. And I think that's something that we can say next season. Is this defense going to get better? I don't think you have a choice. Uh, yes, there's a lot of conversations that we're going to have throughout the offseason here on you know this show, here on what we, what we talk about over at Go 24-7 that is going to dictate what happens going forward and ultimately dictate the course of Brian Kelly's tenure at LSU. But I think that you can take with a grain of salt in the, you know, within the game, the game within the game, stopping Florida from scoring was a big deal. It was a big deal because to me, at least it showed that this group isn't necessarily saying we're throwing in the towel. We're done. This is whatever. No, you're, you're able to have the mental maturity to understand, even though this doesn't matter in the grand scheme of everything, it matters to me. It matters to my coaches. I think that was really, really big in where this group wants to go. I was really impressed with that. You know, elsewhere, you're able to get turned up and down the last two drives. Um, you know, after halftime, where Florida came out, look, they punted on their first drive at a halftime. They went three and out. Uh, then they turn around, they score. They go touchdown, touchdown, punt, touchdown. They were they were not in the football game, I will say. They were teetering on the edge of being back in this game. So, you know, in the fourth quarter, the first drive of the fourth quarter, when they get to midfield, they go for it with six and a half minutes left, and you stop them. That's big. Then, with under a minute left, game's well in hand. They're not going to win the football game. You get the stop there at the end, the goal line. That's massive for the maturity of what this group wants to do. So I think that it's going to be something where, is the defense going to get better this season? I don't think so. I think this group is exactly who they are. You're going to have to live with it. Yes, you would like them to tackle better. Yes, you would like them to cover. Folks, they straight up don't have the personnel. They straight up do not have the people to do what they want to do. And you can also say, too, and I'll agree with you, they don't run some of the scheme in prime moments where they need to. Brian Kelly made it public, so I feel comfortable saying that, too. They should have done that last week against Tuscaloosa. All these things being said here, though, I think is this team has a lot to play for. And when you look kind of, we take a look at kind of the final thoughts here uh, of tonight's show, what's at stake the rest of the way? 
And, you know, saw a comment in there and, and completely understand it, like the jabbing that's going to go back and forth between fan bases here. But when we ask ourselves what's at stake, if your view of a successful season is championship or bust, hate to break it to you, you're going to be disappointed more times than not, almost nearly every single time. That's how hard it is to win a championship. Now, look, we're not going to be apologetic. We're not going to be, uh, you know, necessarily a Brian Kelly uh, sympathy show here. If the guy doesn't get the job done, you know, over the course of his career here at LSU, then changes need to be made. And that's something, the conversation that should not be happening now, but it should happen, you know, five, six, seven years from now. But with how this roster is constructed, when you take a look back from the 30,000-foot view of what this program was in. And it's hard. It's hard to do. And I'm going to explain it two different ways here. This program's trending in the right direction. If they can, and next two games are going to tell you a lot. If they go out and dominate Georgia State on Saturday, they go out and beat a Texas A&M team that, that, you know, you should get up for because you lost to them last year and they cost you an outside shot of getting in the playoff, you know, if you'd have beat Georgia the next week in the SEC title game, you probably would have been the first two team, two lost team in the playoff. So that's what you have to play for. Then you get to a bowl game, and you say, Bryce, well, why does it matter? I mean, you're going to go play in the Gator Bowl, the the you know the tax tax layer Gator Bowl. You're going to go play in the ReliaQuest Bowl or the Citrus Bowl, or whatever. Why does it matter? It matters from a foundation building standpoint, and it is something that I do agree with Brian Kelly on because. What has happened this season, and it's fair to say it's out there, and I think it's pretty public, the elite Heisman-level play of Jaden Daniels accelerated expectations for this program and for this team. Kelly and the folks, they're not going to say it to the media, and that's fine because you're not going to want to certainly throw people under the bus, but we'll say it here. It accelerated the timeline well beyond so are you saying he's a victim of his own success in year one? You could say that for a lot of fans that are super uber disappointed. I'm I'm there with you. This is a team that should should be in the control playoff conversation because if they could at least have an average defense, then you feel good about it. But what has happened is I think within the mix of the season, we've moved the goalposts per se of what the expectation should be for this team. The expectation coming in, you wanted to sit between nine and eleven wins. You got a pretty good shot of doing that. You can win the next two games, get nine and three, and then obviously you're going to go into a bowl game where you can get a double-digit wins. Why is that significant? Because two years ago you were playing the Texas Bowl against Kansas State with a guy that shouldn't be playing quarterback, an interim head coach, and around 35 scholarship football players. Turnarounds happen quickly. This one is happening quicker than other teams around the you know the country. Yes, there needs to be improvements, and Brian Kelly has acknowledged that. Yes, there needs to be addition of talent, an accumulation of talent that LSU needs to get in here pretty quickly. Understood, 100%, I agree with all of that. But when you take a step back and you go to the 30,000-foot view approach of this, if this team can get to double-digit wins, it's a positive step in the right direction. It is. It is, and it is. And, you know, I understand being frustrated and I understand being disappointed because that's valid within the scope of the 2023 season. But if I'd have told you back in April that this team would have a 10-3 and overall record, let's just say, for example, that they go win the win out and they win the bowl game. Let's say that they they do that, okay? 
when you turn around and I tell you in April, well, yeah, you know what? Brian Kelly and LSU, they're going to have Jane Daniels is going to be a Heisman finalist, which he should be. And they're going to be in 10 and three and playing in a bowl game around New Year's. You would have said, yeah, I'm probably going to be disappointed. You know, I would like to see what the losses to were. But, you know, overall, like in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's, it's, it's upward movement. And some people wouldn't see that. And that's fine. That's a section of the fan base that might not see that. But this is building in the right direction. This is building towards a goal of becoming a championship caliber team. The roster's not there yet. I think it's become apparent, too, that maybe the coaching has not been up to par of championship-level coaching, whether it's additions that need to be made uh, to the staff or it's changes or whatever you might have it be. We're going to see, obviously, in a month what that looks like. It's not a championship-level program right now. Are they building to that? I think that you can confidently say yes. We will also have to see, folks. This next two weeks are going to be very, 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 very key to the development of this program. You cannot afford a let, avoid a letdown. You cannot afford a letdown, I should say, over the next two weeks. You're going to welcome Georgia State in a you know a decent Sunbelt team, a team that's going to be a, a bowl-eligible team. This isn't Grambling. This isn't Army. Georgia State's better than those of those two teams. And then you're going to be playing Texas A&M where it shouldn't matter if A&M season's gone to whatever you want to call it or they don't have a head coach. They're going to be, you know, obviously aggressive wanting to come in and play that football game. It's been a weird and wacky series over the past couple of seasons ever since A&M entered the SEC. So all of those things to say, there's a lot of promise within this LSU program. Next year, are you going to have a Heisman-level offense, a Heisman-level player at quarterback? I don't know. I can't tell you that. don't think so. We are witnessing greatness at the quarterback position right now at LSU. And it's a spoiled program, too, in the fact that you've had this two times now since 2019. Uh, 2019 was different because you had better team probably overall that got you to uh, a national championship victory for the first time in uh, over a decade. I really love what this group brings to the table. I think that if you can finish the season out strong, and it starts this week in practice as you get ready for Georgia State, if you finish it out strong and you continue to move in the right direction, you beat Georgia State handily, you beat an A&M team that you should beat, and then you go to a bowl game, you play a Big Ten team, you play an ACC team, whoever you might play, you get to 10 wins, you get to 10-3, you get at the offseason, the recruiting trail is going to start to heat up, especially with Jimbo Fisher losing his job. What could LSU pull from the AM side of things? That's going to be something to kind of monitor and watch going forward. All of these things to say, LSU sitting in prime real estate here, able to take advantage on the recruiting trail. This offseason's big. We're not going to mitigate the fact that there are problems, there are holes, there are uh, shortcomings on this roster and on the staff. Yes, that's a very true thing. But what I do want to encourage you to know, and I want to encourage you if you're an LSU fan watching this and listening to this maybe after the fact, is that this group is trending in the right direction. The next two weeks and the next three games will tell you a lot about it. You get to 10-3, and three, you roll into next season with back-to-back 10-win seasons. Ladies and gentlemen, that's hard. It's also hard to do that, but I also acknowledge that you're not at LSU just to win 10 games. And Brian Kelly acknowledges that. I acknowledge that. But it's building to that. You have to build to the crescendo, we're going to say on this show. You have to build up to that moment to be able to deliver on those promises. So, look, I think that they're in a good spot. This is a good win. Uh, Once again, and, and honestly, if we're being real with ourselves here, it's a win that probably played out a lot of us thought it would. 
in the sense of LSU scored a lot of points. They gave up a decent amount too, but they won the football game. Within it, though, you had a special performance. Jay Daniels deserves to be in the Heisman conversation, if not leading at the forefront of that. So, hey, we appreciate you. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Thanks so much for tuning in on the Go 24-7. little rewind on a Sunday night here at 6 p.m. Central. We're going to be live every single Sunday throughout the regular season. Two more live shows with that, and then we're going to get back with you. It's going to be a ton of fun talking LSU football uh, over the offseason. A couple things as we get ready to wrap up tonight's show. Make sure that you check us out on the link down below at Go 24-7. we got some great subscription deals that you need to take advantage of as we are less than a month away almost a little over a month away now from national signing day early signing day there in december we're going to continue the coverage there sunny ship myself and glenn west make sure you tune into all the great coverage that we have make sure you like the video whether you're watching on facebook share it with your friends make sure you are you know talking with your friends about this channel make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're talking on youtube as well we appreciate you if you're on twitter give us a follow over there too my name is bryce coon we will catch you next time here on another episode of rewind next sunday night 6 p.m we're going to have a preview of the georgia state game this week stay tuned to the youtube channel stay tuned to the facebook and our website over at go 24 7 for all the latest content on your lsu tigers we'll see you next new cbs sunday you collect rewards right this is how i make my living when something is lost everyone's looking for something he finds it you strong swimmer so 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 okay justin hartley stars i survive you make quick smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel sounds cool it is cool actually very cool tracker new sunday on cbs and streaming on paramount plus